But for Arsenal to slip up like this at this time, Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Ultras podcast. Uh, I'm Ahmed, and with me is Al Basha. What's going on, Ahmed? Um, you know, disappointing week for um, both of us here uh, on the podcast, but uh, you know, it's uh, it is football, and uh, I don't want to start off with the bad note, but. Uh, That's how it's been um, for the past couple of hours. <laughs> true, true, true. I don't want to jump uh, jump onto the sadness as of yeah, yet, but yeah. we can get into yeah. it later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it'll come up in the next couple of uh, in in this episode, obviously. Um, so you know, I want to get down right to it. Um, it's this time of year where we usually see the standings take formation completely. Um, Uh, leagues are finishing up, wrapping up. Uh, typically, we know who the winner is by now. And um, we do know that for uh, our first um, league that we're looking at, which would be this, uh, the Italian league. Uh, and, you know, we'll start off with the Serie A. Uh, congratulations to Napoli. Uh, the blue team of the Italian league has won for the first time in, what, was it 33 years or something, something odd like that? It, it was mm. since uh, since Maradona's time. So Maradona yeah. won it back in the end of eighties. Uh, I think eighty seven, eighty eight. Oh, so it's, it been, it's been much, it's been no. I think they won it. Uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was around thirty years. I did not think it was that long. That was the last league title for for Napoli. It was yeah, back right, in Maradona time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. Um, no, congratulations to them. Uh, outstanding performance for them uh, throughout this year, uh, as we can see looking at the. Like this is unbelievable, 83 points, and second in place is Juventus with 69. Who you know earlier in the season lost 15 points and then gained them back again, um, with respect to the uh, committee for violations. Um, but there's nothing else to say other than you know here we can see one thing for sure is we can see Napoli in the Champions League next season. We are going to see Juventus in the Champions League next season. We are going to see Inter Milan next season. In the Champions League, we can even see say Lats like it is. That's it. It's we can say it's almost completely done with Lazio as well. Um, Milan, there is a couple of games left. I believe there's three games left. So Milan and Roma still might be able to capture that spot instead of Lazio, um, depending on who they have in front of them. Uh, but you know, it's looking it's look, it's looking really tough. Um, but uh, we can definitely say that. We can see in Milan or Roma in the Europa and or the Conference Cup, if I believe. Uh, with that, is that is that what the last one spot is, or is that qualifications for? So up to the top four are going to Champions League. Yeah. Fourth and um, fourth for sure will be in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, for the Champions League, uh, fifth will be Europa League. Sixth will be the Conference League. Um, Can, can you scroll down? I think there's a legend at the bottom. If you scroll all the way down, there you go. Right. Yeah. So the Europa so the League, League and, Europa, and yeah. then the Conference League is uh, the for um, in this case who was it Roma? So we'll see Mourinho in that. 
Um, and then we see who the relegated teams are at the bottom there. Unless, unless they, unless Roma wins the Europa League, then they are going to have a the, spot yeah. in the Champions League, which but means I, at that point that the uh, there's going to be an extra spot going to France, which, as far as I know, because it's, it's still a hit and miss. Because the thing is that if one of the already qualified uh, teams to the Champions League. Uh, uh, in the Premier League wins the Champions League, which is Manchester City. Uh, or you have Inter here who are going to the Champions League. And if they win it this year, there's going to be an, uh, an, an extra spot, spot open yeah. up. Yeah. Which, is, which, should, which should automatically go to, I would say, Marcelo Luntz, depending on who's going to be third in France. But it's not as of yet. Every, right. You know, nothing is confirmed as of yet. Right, right. And um, I mean, for me, it, would, it should have been, I would think that it would be another Italian team to take that spot. Like maybe um, Milan would move up or Lazio would move up and then Atlanta would go into the conference. But that's that, that, that's what looks fair, honestly. But uh, the way they're dividing it, I think they want to make it fair for all the teams. Right. But I mean, I do see that if five, you know, if Inter wins the champ Champions League, I mean, it's, it's it could be fair that at least Milan make it to the... Uh, to Champions the Champions League, League you know, right. but yeah, that's the way they calculated in the Champions League to open right. up that, uh, to make it fair for all the teams. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the Serie A now. Um, what are your thoughts of this year's season uh, performances? Um, what can we expect from next year? So um, it's been an insane year generally in Italy. Um, I think Italy as, um, uh, you know, overall for Italy, I think they should be proud that, uh, they have, they had uh, four different teams in the quarterfinals. You know, they had Napoli and Milan and Inter and uh, um, I'm trying to remember who else was in the in those in those rounds. Um, that you know, that's that's a very big accomplishment, especially that Italy has been out of the scene. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for 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 Napoli for for Napoli generally. Uh, this has been a huge comeback. You know, the Napoli has been working slowly and slowly to make it, you know, back to the top four and then make it to the top, to the top two. And now they're winning the league, which is a huge thing for them. Of course, they wanted to add on to those, to those accomplishment if they would, you know, been in the semifinals of the Champions League, but unfortunately they couldn't, you know, uh, but uh, um, it's been an, it's, it's been an amazing season for them. It's good to see some clubs back, back in track like Lazio has been away yeah. for quite some time Roma are back on track as well even even though that Napoli have already um you know we we all we've all always known that Napoli are going we're going to be the champions this half half of the season but i think it was pretty good that the competition is on between you know um technically it's between you know Atalanta still has has chance a slight chance you got Roma and Milan and Lazio so all those teams even fighting back for Champions League spot or European competitions is pretty good even though Atalanta has made it to Champions League and they have been better like this season's position for them so far which is seventh is considered bad comparing to what was happening with them in the in the in the Italian league but but with all honesty, of course, hands down, Napoli had the best performance, of course, and they deserve the league. Um, I, I've been, I've been, I've been mostly the, the two teams that impressed me honestly this year in the Italian league were Napoli and Lazio, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juve have been, you know, going up and down. They have a lot of not just the issues because of the 15 points that got deducted because of the uh, 
because of the uh, uh, you know of, of these issues that they're having right now, uh, but um, th- th- they're having a lot of instability within the team. There's a lot of there's a lot of players who are supposed to be uh, um, performing well for them, but they're not. You know, we're talking about uh, Pogba with injuries. We're talking about uh, their. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of uh, their their striker who was the top scorer with in the in the Calcio. Uh, two years ago, and they got him from uh, from Fiorentina, uh, Vihailovic, right, the Serbian. You know, he's supposed to, he was supposed to be top form, but he's not performing as expected with Juve. And right. there's a lot of questions to be drawn, even though they have individual talent. But the way that Juve is performing, especially with an experienced coach such as Allegri, has been really yeah. questionable. But generally, overall, um, you know, it's I think I think Italy as all won win one in different spots. You know, right. it's it's amazing for them that they have a finalist in the Champions League. It's 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 a very good deal for them. Also, having a chance that Roma is going to be in, might be in the final of Europa in the Europa League, yeah. um, and you know, and uh, and having the the new champion is also healthy for Italy. Last year was in Milan. This year was Napoli. The year before was Inter, and then the year before Juve. So it's good to see things moving out of the UV uh, UV section into and being distributed evenly with all other teams. Right, and the thing is uh, that you know, comparing the Italian, the Serie A teams um, from previous years, looking at it from a European point of view of you know Europa, Europa League and Champions League, um, it's we we finally see the Serie A coming back to what it was to its glory days. Uh, you know, having three teams, I, I think it was three teams. It was Inter Milan, AC uh, Milan, and uh, Juventus. Um, in the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, because Juventus played, uh, or sorry. Uh, Juventus were, uh, you Benfica. mean uh, this year? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they played. No, not Benfica, uh, sorry, not Juventus, Napoli. They played Benfica, right? And um, and so, like, seeing that comp- seeing them in that competition uh, allowed to, allowed us to see what the comeback that the Serie A has been trying to make for the last 10 years, um, you know, and seeing them in the Europa League as well, uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, Juventus, um, and right now we're seeing Roma as well. So <clears throat> we're finally seeing what Serie A can do for European and world football. So it was, it was nice to see that come back. Um, but sorry, I dropped my phone. Uh, but, you know, it was a great season from Napoli. Congratulations to them. Obviously, we can see after – I believe it was until, like, after the World Cup that they haven't lost a game – and, you know, they have those four losses on them. Um, you know, we can see who they're playing next, which is going to be Inter Milan. Um, and then, you know, the one thing I want to point out here is that the, the difference between, if you go back to actually to the table, the difference between seventh place and fourth place is only about seven points. Um, there's three matches left, I believe, in the whole, in the yeah, whole competition, which leaves nine points. Now, yes. if Lazio was to slip up, which is a possibility that creates a chance for Milan and Roma to grab that spot, mm-hmm. even Atlanta. But it's a very slim chance, and this is something that I'm, I don't want to give hope to Milan fans and Roma fans, but you know, we, are, we are capable of seeing that. Um, but any last notes before we... 
Well, I mean, just to add on that, no, Roma has a better chance of making it to the Champions League by winning the Europa League than Milan does. Because Milan, yeah, I think yeah. for Lazio, they've been second the whole season with a deduction of points from uh, Juve. Um, and they, perform, they have been performing pretty well. I, I don't think they're going to let four points difference. They're going to let that go within the last three games. So I really do see those four teams making it to the Champions League next year. Right, right, yeah. Um, so let's move on to the next uh, the next uh, competition we're looking at, which is the La Liga. Um, and, you know, as of uh, this weekend, congratulations to uh, Barcelona. Now, uh, that pains me to say that, <laughs> but, you know... Um, they had a great they had a great season for in the La Liga. Xavi did very well. Um, Madrid slip up at the beginning at you know halfway the, around halfway in the season allowed them to grab those points. Winning against Real Madrid as well allowed them to take more points. Madrid, Madrid slipping on their own allowed Barcelona to even have now in the past couple of in the past I would say month and a half two months it allowed them to have that if you, the huge discrepancy of fourteen points. And so, um, you know, of course, congratulations to Barcelona. Um, great season from them. Great season from uh, Xavi, uh, Xavi Hernandez. Um, seeing him win a competition um, at this level of football is, uh, you know, is something good. Um, we're going to see him in the Champions League next year. Uh, I know this year they didn't do so well, and even in Europa League. But um, yeah, that's that's all I have for uh, La Liga, except for the fact that I'm very disappointed in in that second place spot. But I mean, even Madrid are lucky to make it to the second spot because of no, 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 like you know, Atletico didn't lose last game. It would have been still in the Madrid would have been in the third spot. But I think yeah. I think look look at look, look at the uh, Lichi Lichi. I never thought Lichi, who were in the last spot of the of of La Liga, beating yeah, Atletico yeah, Madrid. Right. right, right, and they even I think they beat Madrid as well. Real Madrid, I think uh, Elche beat Madrid as well. But you know that's the thing about these small teams. If if you if, I don't want to even call them small teams. They're obviously huge teams. If you scroll down again, we look at that because we keep people keep forgetting that there's a competition at the bottom. There's always a competition at the top, and there's a competition at the bottom. And the co- bottom competition here we're looking at is Getafe, Espanyol, and Elche, and all these three teams are typical teams we u- we usually see. Uh, on a yearly basis in La Liga, um, especially Getafe and Espanyol in this case. Um, now, this season, it doesn't seem like they've been doing so well. Yeah, Elche like, are going to get relegated for sure. They're nine people. Right, they're, they're out. Now, when we look at Espanyol and Getafe, they still have four games to play. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of – that. that's 12 points. And if we look at uh, Real uh, – And Al- look Al-Bari. at all those. You got Al-Bari. from Espanyol all the way to, to Valencia. Yeah, yeah, these are all these are these guys are still fighting for not to make sure even even Celta Vigo, um, because that twelve points is a huge difference. Now, uh, those those clubs right there, uh, they're fighting to not get relegated, and Getafe and Espanyol, even Elche up to a point, but they are going to fight for ev- with every single drop of blood that they have. They are doing whatever they can to make sure that they stay in out of relegation for next season <clears throat> because that's what's going to make them money. Let's be honest. True, and yeah. so, yeah, they'll definitely give, they'll be giving their clubs, the next few clubs, a hard time. Um, Valencia is playing Real Madrid, so they want to make sure that nobody's catching up to them. Um, 
uh, Valladolid is going to be playing Cadiz. So they're going to be looking for those three points because they're all in that relegation zone. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see that. This is the thing about the ending of the season is you see the clubs at the top take formation and the clubs at the bottom trying to fight so hard to survive. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see some monstrous games um, from those bottom, say, like, I would say six, seven teams. True. Um, it's, you know, my my biggest surprise this year was Sevilla and as of bad performances is Sevilla and uh, and Valencia. I mean, Sevilla did survive a bit there on the 10th spot, so they're okay. Um, comparing to what they were at the bottom of the table for quite a while at the beginning they of the were, season, yeah. and don't and, forget they they've been they've been in they've been in the Europa League and in control of the Europa League for so long that they're like at this point we're not going to see them in in that competition, and it's going to be tough for them. Yes, the imagine they're used to. Mm-hmm. Imagine they're at the tenth spot, and if they win the uh, Europa League, they may go to Champions Ch- Champions League with their uh, with the fact that they're tenth spot, which is yeah. going to be interesting. My biggest surprise was Girona, right? Girona, yeah. Girona are seventh. Um, I think you know it comes to every Madrid fan when that player that was on loan from uh, New York uh, City, who's uh, uh, you know one of City Group's uh, clubs. Who scored the super hat trick against Madrid? But other than that, generally Girona had you know had a they they had a pretty good season there. If they continue on in the seventh spot, um, which they have only a slight chance of making it, taking out Bites uh, from that spot, which is going to be a bit hard because it's a difference of six points. Uh, sorry, seven points. Uh, but I think that spot might be a bit guaranteed for them to stay on unless unless Atletico Bilbao kicks them out. Um, and we might see Girona in the uh, in the uh, European Conference League. Right, and I think this is something good to see the the Conference League because it allows that allows that competition, that extra competition for that. Yes, spot. and it's a money generator for the UEFA as well. That's oh, of course, of yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't love more football, right? And so yes. <laughs> we get to watch that. And so, like you know, for teams like Girona, this is their chance to be able to climb into Europa League and into Champions League. And, you know, generate more money for their club. Um, but, you know, um, before we uh, stop it here for the La Liga, uh, uh, once again, you know, congratulations to Barcelona FC. Congratulations to uh, Xavi Hernandez and, you know, every single me- member of that team. And, you know, the fans, obviously, because the, that number 12 spot is, you know, the, the I would say the most important for any team because that's the that's that's what keeps the game going. Right. Yeah, and I think it's a big, pretty good, big accomplishment for Xavi to win back the league and to win that super, the Spanish Super Cup as well. Yeah. A, you can say it was a pretty successful season for him. Very successful though, season for him. I mean, like if you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid, there, you know, those two top teams right there alone have won five trophies this season. Um, yes. Uh, La Liga, uh, Copa del Rey, um, uh, La Liga, Copa del Rey. Um, UEFA for, for, for Madrid, for Madrid, you mean, or yeah, Madrid won, no, no, Madrid won three, which was the Copa del Rey, the UEFA Super Cup, and the FIFA Club World Cup, FIFA Cup yeah. and Barcelona, the La Liga, and they also, oh, sorry, uh, Spanish Super Cup, Spanish Super Cup, yeah, and and the La Liga for Barcelona, yes, right, uh, and the La Liga, right, and that's that's five, that's five, um, that's that's five, you know, that's five trophies, five, five trophies, yeah. yeah, yeah, for for the for the Spanish. 
for the Spanish uh, uh, league. And it just shows the power of those two teams, even at their, you know, even consider, considering that for both clubs, this is not even their top performance, or even you could say this is like mid-level performance for them. The thing, the thing, the, the talk about performance have really overshadowed how good of a season Barcelona had and pretty acceptable seasons for Madrid because, because the way that they were looking at Xavi was, you know, they were the way that an analyst and the way that uh, some fans for Barcelona were looking at was, you know, they were on the offense side, you know, they were always look comparing Barcelona to the old days. So they want Barcelona to win like the old days to outperform all teams to, um, you know, they keep forgetting that Messi's not there anymore. A lot of, you know, Suarez is not there. Ito's not there. You know, all those big players are not there. They're forming, they're making a new team. Right. And even with that being said, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, the performance that they had and the goals that they conceded with the, uh, and the performing defensive performance that they've been having generally in the season of La Liga have been pretty good, you know? Uh, but I think that the talk of performance generally has really, um, undermined how um, Xavi has done a good of a job of competing even with domestic uh, competitions, even though the, the you know their performance in Champions League wasn't that bad because in Champions League um, they did pretty good against the teams against those teams in in um, uh, um, against those teams in the in the, in the UEFA Champions League in the group stage, yeah. but. Um, but unfortunately, they were not lucky to win those games, and then therefore they had to, you know, exit that competition and then also exit the Europa League. But I think this is a great successful season for Barcelona. I mean, when you have two trophies, when you have two trophies, yeah, in, two in trophies and domestic, and this, this was a requirement. Yeah. That was a requirement for Xavi to prove that, hey guys, I am here. Barcelona yeah. is back. Now you've got to give me more players, yeah. and so we can go. Uh, we can, you know, we can compete uh, in the more, in, you know, in the European level and, you know, international level generally. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, it would make sense to start off as a domestic, uh, start off with domestic trophies and then move on to bigger uh, things. Um, so, you know, um, four games left in the season. Um, I, I don't, I don't see any changes here except for maybe in the relegation zone. Um, so, you know, Great season from La Liga, and um, that's it for them, I guess. Um, but unless if Madrid slips on one more game oh, and they lose, that's even, yeah, let's not even bring that up because I would be. I mean, uh, it'd be hard for them to you know lose seven points in the next four games. It is twelve points, but I don't, I don't see it because I think Ancelotti has time now to focus on those to make sure that he at least you know has a Champions League spot for next season. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, they're pretty guaranteed to make it to the Champions League, so there's no doubt about that. But you know, when it comes to Madrid, it's not really about making it to competition. Yeah. It's the, you know, when you're a team that won five Champions League in the last, I don't know, since 2016 till now, you win five Champions League, and you, no matter what trophy you win after that, it, it's not enough. You know, I was, I was listening to one of the famous Arabic analysts uh, when it comes to soccer. He said, I don't know how Madrid fans convince them, convince themselves to watch Madrid uh, games uh, 
and expect them that they still like the expectation level. What's the expectation level that you have as a Madrid fan? You want everything. So, and and you when you were even when even when Madrid were winning everything, you were hungry for more, and they got you more. What more do you need? And and him, he was comparing himself because since he's a Juve fan, that they've been striving to win the Champions League, and other clubs striving to win the Champions League. Well, the thing is, yeah, like the thing is, you know, I was talking to somebody today. And he was telling me, we were watching the game. Before the game, he told me, you guys are going to lose. This is Manchester City. And and my expectation obviously wasn't high, as high as usual because I knew Man City is a tough team. And I knew they were coming here because they want, they, they were, they were at, the head, at the head making sure like, look, we are going to win this no matter what. And I was sitting there and he was telling me, why are you even mad? Because you've won so much. Let others be. Let others win the competition. And in my head, I was thinking, no, like if you're a defender, like if you're a defending champion, you want to keep like you want to keep winning th- that competition. You want to make sure you have it all because that's the expectation now. The expectation the expectation of a regular team is you come, you win trophies, you win UEFA Champions League. And so it becomes it becomes the norm. What is my norm for this season? It's going to be a Champions League. Now Am I sad about it that we didn't make it pass through the? Now you know what? Let's continue, let's leave this until the Champions League talk. Yeah, because then... so when we start that Real Madrid topic, it's not gonna finish. I know that. So let's move on to the next topic, and this topic is uh, you know we'll be talking about the Bundesliga. It's the fourth one there on your um... Bundesliga. Yeah. The league that's uh, the fight that's between the two clubs, <laughs> yeah. Bayern and yeah. the Borussia Dortmund. Yes. Now, if I if I got my math correct, let me make sure that I got my math correct. Yeah, I believe the Bundesliga has 18 teams, so there's two more games left, which is um, two times the amount of teams minus two, which is yourself, the club. Um, two games left. One yes. point difference. Now. Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund have to make sure that they can do everything they can to capture those points. And Dortmund has to hope that Bayern Munich slips up. And Do you know what the interesting thing is about this? You know who Bayern Munich are going to play next? Leipzig. Exactly. Third spot. Yeah, third spot is is very important. And if you scroll down, can can you scroll down a little bit? So Augsburg, Augsburg's in 13th place. They're, they don't have to worry about anything. They don't care if they tie, if they lose. So Dortmund is not worried. Leipzig maybe is not too worried because they have that third spot guaranteed. But if you scroll back up, can you scroll back up? Yeah. 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 Leipzig, Leipzig doesn't have to worry too much about it, but they're still going to fight for it. They, get, mm-hmm. they, want, they still want to they still want to prove themselves that you know we're still here we're a top tier team they're trying to get away they're trying to get away from the from from Union Berlin Union as well Berlin, uh, right. I mean I'm, I'm a bit sad that Union Berlin lost a third spot but I'll be very happy for them to make it to the Champions League I mean look Union Berlin it's they're lucky that they're even in the fourth spot let's be honest we know it's a nice story, second, it's, a nice story. In, <laughs> it's a great story they were in that second spot for a very long time um it started to fall off in the last two months, I would say. Uh, but if even if they get into the Europa League, that's a good job for them. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say about Union Berlin. I'm really excited to see the next two matches for Bayern Munich and Dortmund. I know both teams will be fighting their hardest. I know Bayern Munchen would have to put in much, much, much more 
work because they're playing Leipzig. So, you know, we still have to see what happens. It's the last two games. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that Dortmund have demolished two the, the teams they've played last two games. So the last game that they played against Moshla, uh, Borussia Moshlambach, yeah. Um, I know they're at the 11th spot, but they're usually one of the tough teams to beat. Uh, Dortmund dominated that game. It was a complete dominance, and they won that game 5-2. Before that, they built uh, um, a team who was even in a higher spot than Borussia Mönchengladbach, which was Wolfsburg, yeah. the, you know, the sixth spot for Wolfsburg. And they beat them 6-0, right? So they're taking their um and before that by two games they beat uh frankfurt right so yeah. four no so borussia dortmund is pretty serious about winning this league and they're trying to push as much as they can when it comes to um uh when it comes to winning the league their next two games as you said um you know we were comparing them augsburg is not that tough but um, you know mines is always that one of the teams that big any club struggles with, right? It's one of it's one of the prestigious teams in the Bundesliga, the Mainz. So um, I might see Dortmund struggling a bit with that game, but you know it is going to be a bit of a journey for them to get those six points. But that that is not the issue. You know, they're just waiting for Leipzig to do them a favor um, against uh, against uh, uh, Bayern because right. their next Bayern after the last game for Bayern is going to be against Köln. You know, even Colin is even as is not an easy team as well. So, um, you know, they're gonna go all out. Byron performance has been well overall for the last few games. You know, they played uh, last game. They won six. They beat. You know, it's sad for me to say one of the teams that I like, Schalke. They beat them six uh, now, and and before that, they've been having pretty pretty acceptable performances. They haven't. You know, their losses have been only in the in the league. Uh, the la- latest one was uh, with Mainz, you know, so that's why I was saying Mainz, you know, yeah. they beat them 3-1, so that's one of the tougher teams. But generally, because because of Byron's situation and how much pressure they're in, and this is the only competition that is open for them to win, they are going to go all in. Not just that, because league to Byron is like prestige. So they got to keep on winning the league and they got to make sure like they've been doing for the last 10 11 years they've been winning most of those leagues they have to be um on that top spot and guarantee that league because it means sponsorships it means more money that comes in it means more players and it means the the ability to pick any player from the Bundesliga and buy them at you know as they always used to do they were pretty close of getting Holland but it didn't work out for them. That's what they usually do. And when it comes to Bundesliga, Borussia are finally back in the picture where, you know, they're pressuring, uh, you know, they're pressuring Bayern because, you know, Borussia were not second man, but, you know, they've yeah, been the fourth and fifth. It's like, it's, it's, it looks like it's out of nowhere where Borussia came second and now they're only one point away. Um, it's even, you know, even with, even with the fact that Bayern are feeling threat, but for them, even winning the league, it still looked uh, looked to as being a not, not a successful season for them, yeah. even by them the winning the league. You remember, it was only, what, two, three years ago, right? When they won the triplet, when nobody was really caring during COVID time, when they got all the competitions. So this is the team that we're talking about. We're talking about a team that is compared to Real Madrid, 
Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's there's pretty definitely there's an expectation, but uh, um, there's an expectation from their fans, um, from the football community as a whole for Bayern Munich, and to see them struggle like this is definitely something new. Um, yes. Usually, you know, there is that Bayern Munich, <coughs> excuse me, Bayern Munich Borussia Dortmund rivalry, mm-hmm. but. Th- Typically, what tends to happen is Bayern Munich ends up on top. But, you know, we'll see what happens. There's two games left. Um, uh, good luck to both teams, obviously. And, um, you know, may the best team win. Um, so we'll wrap that up for the Bundesliga. We'll move on to the uh, to my to everybody's favorite league. Everybody's This is like the biggest soap opera of uh, footballing history. Uh, the Premier League uh, over here in England. And um, yeah, I mean, we—it's been so long since the table has changed, and as they say now, the t- the turntables, right? Mm-hmm. The tables have turned on Arsenal. They slipped up and they bottled the league, not only by three points or two points, or by four points, which is a huge difference because there's three games left, and I do not see Manchester City slipping up. Um, look at that—that's five wins in a row. I'm pretty sure it's probably bigger than that, but. They're the only team so far that I've saw I've seen that has f- those five Ws. Now, they're playing Chelsea next. Guess who's winning? Manchester City. But even if they lose, yeah, even, even if they lose. <laughs> but right. But the thing is, is like Arsenal's playing Nottingham, and I'm thinking in my head is like Nottingham didn't have a bad season this season. Like if you scroll down, I can't remember. They, they need to, and Nottingham needs to survive. Yeah, they're only so, they're only uh, three points away from Leeds with, with the relegation spot. So they're still gonna they're still gonna try and win against mm-hmm. Arsenal. They're still looking for those three points. Non like there's no negotiation about it, and so Arsenal have managed to somehow give up that number one spot in the most critical time to the one team who is that their most dangerous in. In their entire history history of football, this there has never been a Manchester City team that is as dangerous as it is today. Mm-hmm. Nobody, definitely, can, yeah. And we saw that from today's game against Real Madrid. I mean, it's unbelievable. But for Arsenal to slip up like this at this time, this is where you know they made the biggest mistake probably ever since Wenger left. But not that him leaving was a mistake or not. That's not my problem. That's our, our, for Arsenal pro- fans to think about. But that, 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 that's what it is if you think about it. I mean, it's the usual, man. It's Arsenal choking. What else can we really expect? That's always been Arsenal. But the thing is that the thing is that them, you have to give them you have to give them props, though. I mean, they, this is the best season they've had in a very long time. True. It's just true. That slip up that they had. Which is I don't know what it was. Was it overconfidence? Was it you know resting a little bit? What was it? Was it that them being in the Europa League? Because don't forget they slipped out of the Europa League against Sporting, if I remember correctly, or against Juventus. But mm-hmm. that's 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 something that I'm I'm sure everybody would tell me that's the expectation that Arsenal. That's what we expect from Arsenal. That we expect Arsenal to do something so to do so well and then slip up. And that's something I would say. Like that, that's an Arsenal move to do. But in a time like this. Is that's just unbelievable. With all honesty, my analysis is that Arsenal is a very young team and unexperienced of dealing with pressure, right? Even though that this is the only competition that that they have been focused on all year, even with others being like even when they were competing in other competition, league was the most important one for them, yeah. and it was pretty obvious. But 
I want you to compare Arsenal to Manchester City squad, right? You, so you can't compare. Yeah, you can't compare. No, let's say like let's let's. I I just want you to I just want you to compare it as is right now, without you know without the fact that we can compare it or not because we know what Manchester City have been capable of in terms of Arsenal. So Arsenal is a team that we're always used to seeing. They always choke on making it to the first four uh, spots, right? Now, this is the first season where they're actually having a title shot. So what happened? Uh, with all, How did they suddenly lose to Sunderland and suddenly lose to, uh, uh, you know, they, they forget about the Manchester City loss because Manchester City loss is, is whatever. It's only a loss of three points because if you compare it to the fact that Arsenal, believe it or not, if Arsenal won the other games before Manchester City, they would have not cared really. They would have lost 10-0 that game and they could have still been on top. But what happened right. even after the game, the following up to the game is that they kept on losing or tying, you know, losing points generally. So in comparison to the squad of Arsenal and, you know, and Manchester City, we do see that there's a lot of young players in Arsenal that are not used to dealing with this pressure. Ramsdale at 23, Odegaard at 25, Jesus at 25, turning 26, Martinelli at 21, Saka at 20, going 21. A lot of those players are not used to doing with dealing with because the way we have to play is like it's like and their mentality has to be like they're on a knockout stage. They're not used to that. And on the other side, mm-hmm. if comparing to Manchester City, this is a team that's been building for years. Right, even before uh, uh, Guardiola arriving, as right. a team they have progressed. As a manager, they have progressed. They know how to deal with pressure. They have done it. They have won leagues last moments, so they have had a lot of experience of dealing with that pressure. So De Bruyne at thirty-one, De Gundogan at thirty, thirty-one, uh, Silva at twenty-eight, uh, uh, at thirty years old, uh, Anderson. And then you have Walker, Stones, all these players. As you, as I'm, as I'm telling you, you're like, oh yeah, I know this guy from ten years. I know this guy from eight years. I know the guy right, from right. six years. So those players are t- with their experiences building. They're able to deal with pressure. They're able to deal with, okay, so we're gonna play this game. So what do we have to do with it? It's like, you know, honestly, it's is even forget about uh, for better forget about soccer. It's like you know you're working in an office, right? You're working in an office, someone who's who's a, who's been uh, who's been doing projects for a while. They know all the kind of issues that they're gonna have, and if any new issue emerges, they they're gonna know how to deal with it. On the other hand, you'll have another another young uh, young uh, employee there who's in he's a junior, he's not a senior senior in the same position, who has few issues in his life. But he doesn't know how to deal with the new emerging issues. Where yeah, the senior yeah. will be a bit more relaxed, like, no, don't worry, we have this, we can do this, we have that, we can do that. So the way I look at it is Arsenal being junior and Manchester City being senior, because that is the obvious. The age-wise, they are the seniors versus the juniors. With years of experience coming up, and that's what I like about Arsenal fans, you know, they're they're a very patient fan base unlike a lot of other fans, is that they know that even when you when when they talk to the to the uh, to the fans to the Arsenal fans, they're like, oh, you know, it's a young team. We 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 can wait on them on you know winning the league. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, wow. Imagine if Madrid fans think like that, right? Imagine if other big team fans think that they don't, because Arsenal, one, you know, Arsenal has a way bigger fan base than Manchester City. 
We got to yeah, know yeah. that. It's yeah. one of the biggest fan bases in the world. They have it all over the world. So right. even in England, because, you know, believe it or not, Manchester City's fan base in England is very small yeah. comparing to the fan base outside of England. Most of right. Manchester City's fan base is outside, right? So, yeah. uh, so with that being said, Arsenal got a few years ahead of them where they're going to be built on. So I can see Arsenal winning the league to win the next few years and being even compete in the Champions League uh, because I do see the work. I do see the way they're playing. But unfortunately, it's those mistakes, those amateur mistakes that made them lose the league, you know? Well, yeah, just speaking about um, Champions League with respect to the Prem League, it's nice to see Manchester United back in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to see uh, Newcastle. That, uh, play again as well. Um, Tottenham Hotspur going to the Euro Euro Conference League, which is uh, thank God. I don't even. I hope they. I don't know what. <laughs> I hope Aston Villa takes them over. There's a few games left. There's three games left because you know what I my my views on Tottenham are. Yep. Yeah, um, Aston Villa's game next game is against Liverpool, which is a bit tough. Right but Aston Villa is a stable team. It's a very yeah. good stable team. You know their coach. Uh, um, um, Trying to remember their coach's name. Uh, he won the uh, coach of the uh, of the month. Oh yeah, Emre, uh, yeah. Emre. You know, you know Emre, yeah. the specialist for uh, Europa League. You know, civilian yeah. Villarreal. So um, they now, got Liverpool, good. Liverpool in Europa League, Brighton in Europa League, which is a, which is a, right there. That's new to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's going to be interesting to see these. No, they have. They do. They do have. You know, a slight chance of making it. Uh, there's a few more games left. Uh, there's a few more games, and we know there's a like there's not a lot large of a discrepancy between the points right there. But there's three games you know, left, and you know between between Liverpool and Tottenham, there's eight points, which is you know three point three point three. Sorry, three games is the nine points. So mm-hmm. depending on who slips up, we'll we'll see what happens. But but there is a there's one. There's a one there's a one team that we didn't talk about that's causing issues to all of them, Brighton, right? Mm-hmm. So who's Brighton playing next? They're playing Newcastle. So they're playing Newcastle and I think it's a St. James Park, which is a very tough t- uh, uh, um, a, you know, a very tough stadium to play at. So yeah. uh, if Brighton beats Newcastle, Newcastle will be at 36 points. Then any slip, any slip of any point for Newcastle, they might give up their third or whatever fourth spot uh, right. for for Liverpool. But Brighton is the one that's giving trouble to all of them. You know, they beat Arsenal they'll, last they'll, game. They'll, give, they'll definitely give trouble for Newcastle. Um, and, they will you know, definitely, maybe, yeah, definitely give Newcastle trouble problems where Liverpool can you know sneak in or something like that. Liverpool is going to be playing Aston Villa, so it's going to be a few interesting games to see here. here. Um, Definitely gonna cut maybe shift a little bit in the uh, in the standings here, where we see maybe Liverpool at top four, um, maybe Manchester United dropping down, uh, Newcastle dropping down a little bit as well. If they if 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 all things you know go for the opposite sides, and you but, do see that Brighton has two games in hand, right? Sorry, Brighton, they have two oh. games in hand. Uh, if 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 they oh really their... oh I did not even see that yeah, but yeah so, two games in hand, so, so they got. Two games yeah. in comparison to Liverpool, but one game in comparison to Newcastle United and Manchester United. So and, it, you know, that makes a huge difference. That three points that makes a huge difference. You know, Deserby, their coach of Brighton, he said that when I came in, they wanted me to guarantee a spot within you know the tenth spot, right at least. So now mm-hmm. he said, now we're fighting for Champions League. 
And that's what it looks like. If he won his next two games <laughs> and, uh, you know, he becomes – if he wins the next two games, he will be one point away from Liverpool. Yeah, no, it definitely has – um, yeah. <clears throat> He definitely could do it with that many games in hand. Um, you know, they've got that one game in hand mostly, one game or two games between each club, and then they have the three games left after that. So between four to five games – that's a lot of points to play with. That's 15 points. <coughs> mm-hmm. And it's not looking like there's going to be... One of them is Newcastle, too. So, Yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. The, new, yeah. the newcomer to the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that goes. You know, good luck to Brighton. Um, obviously, great uh, job from Manchester City um, this season and Arsenal, obviously, and Newcastle. Um, so, you know, it's good to see them as Arsenal, you know, not be fourth. Let's just put it that way. Yes, <laughs> finally. Uh, yeah, and um, it's good to see Tottenham there at the bottom. I just hope they lose even more. But um, <laughs> that's my own opinion. Um, uh, we're going to be definitely seeing some great games in the next in the next few weeks, three weeks, I believe, there's left. Um, and that's it, I guess, for uh, the league uh, for the Premier League. Um, anything else before we move on to the next? No, that's that. I'm just that's that. Uh, all right. So um, our next topic is going to be uh, the Champions League. Now, mm-hmm. we just had the last, the second leg of both games, and uh, we know who the finals are going to be. And <laughs> as you see in the screen, Manchester uh, City versus Inter. I'm trying hard not to, you know, tear a little bit here because I was hoping another team would win or be, you know, in the final and. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we were uh, all hoping for certain teams to be in the final. Yeah, yeah, from your background, it's pretty obvious. The right. Santiago Bernabeu, and from my background, which is San Siro, is pretty obvious. I mean, I, I, I was cheering for two teams, of course. You know, I know you were cheering for one, your favorite team. But it's a heartbreaking moment when you see both of your teams that you like are not making it to the final. And it was a pretty, uh, pretty disturbing time, I would say. No, definitely. Um, but the thing is, man, at the end of the day, you got to admit, uh, like the way Manchester City played today was unbelievable. I had hope after the first half because in the first half, I seen Real Madrid's performance. I was like, okay, you know, that wasn't a great half, but that cruise shot off the bar, David, yeah. Alba's, David Alaba's free kick. I figured in my head, I was like, you know what? They got this. There, There is some hope. And the second half started, and the beginning of the second half, Madrid was pushing, and it looked like they, you know, they were doing something. But then after that third goal, it just all broke down. I wouldn't say that right after the third goal, it would be the third goal. It took a little bit of time to get to the fourth goal, and then they just, you know, the team just broke apart. Um, People were, like, players, it seemed like they gave up early on. Um, the only really the only player that I really see and feeling like I felt like that was fighting for the game was Rodrigo and he was taken out and replaced uh, and so you know it was for me it was um well deserved for Manchester City winning 4 nil at the at the head. Um I know a lot of people expected this. Now I I wouldn't say I expected four nil. I would have said, you know what? I I honestly thought, you know, we'd have like a two one you know what I mean, kind of game where it went into extra time or something like that. But, I mean, I have nothing else to say about this game because I'm still trying to process it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, you know, th the first leg when they played in uh, in Madrid was thought to, you know, was thought to be by a lot that it was going to be a, a horrible game, mm -hmm. which turned out to be a pretty a pretty mm -hmm. fair game by Madrid even having an upper hand because they had a lot of dangerous chances. They could have actually ended up winning that game mm -hmm. by a close 2-1, I would say, 3-2, something like that. But but coming into this game, um, I think all of Madrid know, uh, you know, knew that this game was going to be, they were going to have a lot of pressure, that they were going to, uh, you know, Ancelotti knows who he's playing against. He knows that Guardiola was probably analyzing every little bit, going to the nitty-gritty of everything and telling all his technical coaches to focus on midfield and another technical director focusing on a, on offense and, and you know, he, analyzing everything, you know, because that's, right. that's usually what he does. The momentum of how, how, the, um, how, how uh, Manchester City... Um, raised the, the the tempo of the way they play, of how fast they pass the ball. You know, that started to rise after February around there. They started to play more physical, um, demanding style of, of, of soccer, right? The short passes, that needs to be, you know, that they need to be sharp with that. You know, the focus needs to be sharp. Um, and it has to do, it has to do with focusing. Of course, it has to do with the fact that you're playing in the stadium and you know that you know, it's like you're playing. You're playing home. I come over your place. No matter how much freedom you give me, I'm not gonna ever feel free because you're gonna yeah. have the more freedom at home, right? And that's the way that Manchester City we're dealing with. Now, as in addition to that, um, it's the comfortness of how the players were playing, right? Um, now, there are more than one obvious reasons, right? So, one of them is that. Real Madrid has played a lot way more way more games than Manchester City this year, right? Mm -hmm. So the travel, the the playing in Saudi Arabia for the Super Cup, and uh, I don't know if I, would, I should call it unnecessary extra games to make a little competition cup for yeah. Super uh, Spanish Super Cup, and then you have the you, the the FIFA World Cup for clubs. So those extra games. And it's yep. the same starting 11, man. It's the same starting 11. It's the same subs that you get. There's not yep. enough bench players. Some of the players that never get used. Hazard got used last game for the first time in I don't know how many games. And I think he just, I think he was just surprised of that he remembered how to pass the ball and stuff like that last game. So that that's the advantage. I think um, with, with all the sadness that, me watching Madrid lose that because you know that my, also Madrid is 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 you know one of my favorite teams. So it's, it was sad for me to watch that, but I have to accept the fact that Manchester City played an insane game. But then I'm comparing that insane game. I'm uh, and you know being realistic, these guys have two teams, right? They got who do they have in bench? They have Mehrez, who can be a starter on another team. They got Foden who can be a starter on another team. They got Alvarez, who can be a starter on another team. They had, uh, even last, you know, the two starters for Arsenal this year, Zelensky and, uh, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, sorry, not Zelensky, sorry, Zinchenko. Zinchenko and, uh, and, and Christos, who were, who were benched, they're starters for Arsenal. So the team that you have that, that's other than your starting 11, right? So 
um, whose mistake with this? You know, I'm not. I'm I'm against a lot. What a lot of saying is Ancelotti's fault. It's not completely his fault. I think it's Pirès' fault because he has been milking, like he milked the hell. I have never witnessed in my life um, a club that milks. The, the the what they can do with what they have yeah and and in return you know you would think that they would have a lot of failures no in return you win all these competitions and that's because... the thing is that you know i think at this point at this stage uh, perez has to realize that you know for next season he has to be ready to empty some pockets mm -hmm. um, to spend a little bit um now we i've been hearing things about you know jude bellingham and uh, you know they he's not enough that, though you know jude is yeah, not going to be enough it's not going to be enough because you you have to you have to have replacements for the back you know you have that right back spot now as great as of a season i think that carvajal had this season you know um you still need that you still need somebody to refresh him um you know what i mean what's going on with you know alaba milata rudiger you know you keep you have these guys three players there but then you bring kamavinga onto the left back position and you have something something there where Kamavinga is a midfielder. He's not a he's not a left back. And at the same time, it's like okay, you have Valverde up at the front right, but Valverde is not a left a right wing. Valverde yeah. is a midfielder, and you know you can't just keep throwing him in there and then having sub substituting him with Rodrigo, who is an actual right winger. Maybe you have Rodrigo play there, um, and so you know it becomes like okay, there's a little bit of a mess and it needs to be cleaned up now. The other thing is, is Benzema. Benzema is, you know, as great as I love Benzema as a player. He's he's an amazing player, but it's he, he's getting old. That's we have to accept that fact. He had a great season last season. Uh, he won the Ballon d'Or for it. Now, the thing is, is that this season, as much as it wasn't too bad, it still means that we still have to find a replacement for him because, as we've seen today, he was easily canceled out. We can see he's getting a bit even sloppier and just slower, and so you need that replacement for him. Uh, you know, I I want to I want to compare some of the because you mentioned the Carvajal right and the replacement and stuff. So le, le, I just want to remind you of how uh, you know Guardiola deals with his team, right? So Walker, I think Walker is maybe a year a year or two older than Carvajal, right? Mm -hmm. So. Walker has been benched for a while and then brought back in, right? So at his age, Walker has replacements, you know, replacements in Manchester City. But he has been the crit one of the critical players for Manchester City. So when, if if Walker gets tired, he has a replacement for him. Now, with Carvajal, uh, yeah, the fact that his age and all that, that's true. Don't forget injury as well. Injury as well. It's, it's not just that, you know, when let's say if he's a perfect, let's say he's perfect at 32 years old and is it, you know, he's giving you 150%. You need to relax the guy, right? You need to put someone yeah. else there. So you need others who will, um, um, who will replace him generally. There's no replacements. Like today, Vinicius was shut down, right? So, yeah. And, and everyone, I think everyone in, in the world knows that this, that's the strength point for Madrid. So you know that before coming into the game that everyone knows and Guardiola knows that this is your strength point and you're allowing him to pressure you on that point. And a lot of other coaches, even though that they knew Vinicius was his his strength point, but they were still not able to stop Vinicius because he was winning games. But even with that being said, and that worked for you and everyone knew that this was your strength point, but 
you were still allowed to score goals with that and win games with Vinicius, you know that at some point that he's going to be shut down. What are you going to do with that? So Benzema, for me, I saw him, he was tired, man. Like, I would think he was, he gave it all. Like, a lot of the players with Madrid, they gave it all. Like, at, at Cruz, that is, uh, uh, you know, tired and Modric at 37. They're definitely tired because, like you said earlier, the, the same, it's this, it's almost the same 11 players except for a few like except for between like Rudiger and Maltao, um, you, Alaba, you know, we just see him come back from injury. You know, and, Ahmed, I think anybody in the stadium, forget about Madrid fans, even Manchester City fans, I think they already memorized the subs for everybody Madrid. knows that. Yeah, everybody knows what. Like you know, before every game by an hour, they release the um, they release the squads or the what do you call it? The the I guess you could say the lineups. The they lineups. Madrid's lineup doesn't have to be released anymore. It's known. Everybody no. knows who you're going to play. <laughs> exactly. And, and they know your subs, right? They know right. Chouamini is going to come in, Vasquez is going to come in, Ceballos is going to come in. Yeah. But the only difference is that, okay, so where's Camavinga going to go now? Is he going to go here yeah. or he's going to go back? And, and, and that's, that's what it is. It's like, you can't have that anymore. You you cannot have that. Perez needs to rethink uh, about this. He needs to spend some money instead of yeah, because if you think about it, Madrid is the one team probably that makes money every single year on selling players. Yes, and yeah. and you know that Madrid is the is along with PSG are the two most teams that get ripped off by getting players. Yeah. Um, look, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that Kamavinga or uh, Chouamini are bad of a deal. No, I'm not saying no, that no, at all. Not. But but they got one for a hundred million and they got one for eighty, right? And I keep, I keep comparing it to Holland, and they got him for way less than eighty. They got him less than too many, and he is a year or two, a year or two older, right? But he can yeah. give you another ten years. So these are the things of how are you getting players? How you're being smart? Let, we we talk crap about Chelsea, but they have the best scout system where they could get players. Yeah. Even though they they paid they paid crazy amount the last year. But yeah. generally, Chelsea, within the last 12 years and stuff, they always have the best scouts. And as a result, they get the players. And that's why all of them go on loans. You know that... you Okay, so so Ake used to be one of Chelsea players before. And he didn't even play for Chelsea. De Bruyne bench at Chelsea. Um, uh, who else? There was another player from uh, who was with uh, uh, like another team that was also benched. You know, Salah was benched. So... Yeah. All those players, they have a pretty good, they have a pretty well system, but their issue was managing those players. And with Madrid, it's not even managing the players. The issue is how to bring the players. Uh, the good thing about Madrid is that they're not, they know that the clubs are ripping them off. So they are using their scouting. And I think the, their scouting system in Brazil is the only one been working lately because of Rodrigo and Vinicius and um, the other player who's coming next year. With Madrid, oh, um, 2014. His name Enrique, Enrique, or something. I can't remember his name, but I think he is a striker. I'm not really sure. So, yeah. yeah. So with with that in Brazil, they need to increase more of the scouting. They need to, I mean, you know, you're gonna need three. I think the the I think they're gonna need probably four players in defense, right? Uh, in different positions, they are gonna need another striker for sure. A one or two, right? One or two. You know, uh, 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 let's compare. Let's compare. Like for example, um, I'm getting too excited. I don't want to jump into Inter, but uh, I, I want to even compare Real Madrid to other teams. They have three strikers, for God's sakes. 
Madrid doesn't have any. There's no there's no striker, right? Even Benzema, who he, the genes of becoming a number nine striker is it was already gone a long time ago because he's doing above and beyond. And we know that in Madrid, all the players are not coming with the position that they're assigned. They actually the, the the thing is that you come to Madrid equals to you're gonna be assigned two, three different positions, right? So we see Kamavinga, who's a midfielder, going back to a left back, right? Um, uh, we see that uh, we see that Alaba, who could be Alaba, you know, Alaba could play defensive midfield, could play in midfield, could play uh, in in one of the uh, it could be defense def- uh, 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 defender, and yeah. and he could be also I can't remember if it was left back or right back, I can't really remember left um, back, left yeah. back. So he could do all those positions, right? That's what Madrid are looking for, but. You can't find that all the time. You can't. Really no, you, find that you can't. Time. You can't. I mean, they, you get lucky with one or two players, but. But hey. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll tell you what. Uh, Courtois has been unbelievable. No, no. He. I, I mean, I, unbelievable. I mean, the one player I can say that I regret thinking that he's going to be terrible at Madrid was Courtois for sure, um, because after yes. that whole Hazard fiasco, seeing another Chelsea player was not for me. But you know, I'm glad he came. Um, let's move on to the next game, which was Inter Milan and AC Milan. Um, this game, uh, that's so two games. Um, the f- the first was two 0 mm-hmm. This the first two. The first game was you know unbelievable because those first two goals came very quickly, and um, I think that's what really put uh, Inter Milan in a position or AC Milan in a position where they felt like they couldn't even fight back. Uh, they were very quick. Uh, that second goal, especially, um, it wasn't. It was just you know unbelievable. And I know for sure that um, Milan fans did not expect seeing that, especially when I think they had the majority at the San Siro because of the way that the fan system works. Where it's like, okay, if you play at home, play. If you're playing home, you have more fans, obviously. Now you know because these two clubs play in the same field. That's that rule still applies, and so. You know, just looking at the crowd in that in that uh, in the in the stadium, that first goal came in on the eighth minute. The eleventh, the eleventh minute, another goal right away just destroyed. I think all morale for AC Milan. Um, you know, Milan, um, Milan is a bit similar to Madrid uh, when they when they start the game, right? So it's it. Everyone knows that. When Milan starts the first five to ten minutes, they're out of focus. Mm-hmm. It takes them a while to get to to the fact that uh, uh, oh, there is a game, you know. So <laughs> you know, it's a similar to it's similar to Tottenham when Tottenham actually the, 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 it sinks in their mind that they're actually playing a game after 15, 20 minutes. So that's what usually happens with Milan. But they have been lucky, you know. They have been lucky that. Uh, that uh, they um, uh, they have been uh, they have been lucky that uh, uh, they have not cons- you know they have not they lost a lot of games with that being said but they have conceded a lot of goals right so a lot of the goals that have been scored against uh, against uh, Milan have been scored in the first twenty minutes or first half right right so the reason why I'm comparing them to Madrid is because they usually come back in the second half so. Yeah. Um, so what usually happens is that in this game, and specifically in the first leg, so the first leg, um, uh, the, the first leg, as they were out of focus for the first 10 minutes, Milan, that's when they, the, that's when they scored. Then they got hit. 
that's when they got hit. Um, and and you know, it's fine if someone scores goals at you in a very nice way, but when the the way that the crosses were like uh, strength, uh, uh, inter strength on these the way they play three five two is their is their uh, their flanks right so Dumfries and Demarco right yeah when they come in from the sides and and cross it right cross it because that's what they depend on they cross it and then they would depend on someone giving it a header such as Zico or someone uh, shooting it to the goal such as Martinez right mm-hmm. or you have someone who's coming in, in the middle who's really good at that Shannonoglu you yeah. know uh, so. That's usual. Their strength is usually in the midfield and building up the the offense. Of course, they have, you know, um, um, they have three good strikers in the team, right? And one of them is benched. Lukaku, who's a starter with Belgium, Dzeko at thirty-seven, and and Martinez. But but when Milan went out of focus, the, the how easy it was for them to cross the ball in the eighteenth box, and being able to. Uh, being able to score those goals was pretty naive to Milan. It was it was unbelievable how easy it was for them to score that. Now, with that being said, it's fine, right? It's fine. That's fine. You you uh, you know you you lost focus. It's two goals. It's fine. They came on better focus in the second half. But you know, like I want to give you an example here. So on both games, Milan had higher possession and ball, right? right? Yeah, and they had. And the number of passes was way greater than Inter. But the difference is that how crucial they were, how, how Inter yeah, was yeah. crucial. The chances that were created by Inter, like I remember watching the, first, the second game. Mm-hmm. And while thinking about the second, while thinking, watching the second game, you know, the Milan had control, Milan had passing, but there was no real threat. Whereas when it came to Inter, Inter was taking ch- chance after chance when they could. It wasn't; they didn't even care if Milan had possession. Yes. They just they were just, you know they were all standing st- standing in a defensive line waiting to make sure that once we get that ball back, we're moving up and we're going to score or at least attempt to. And you know that worked for them in both games. Yes, and that's and that's usually how Inter were playing. Inter surprisingly Inter. Uh, in compar- comparison to earlier games in Champions League, they played as a typical Italian team in, in this game. Yeah. So having strong defense, depending on counter, and making the best out of them. Um, and, uh, of course, one of the big losses for Milan was that first game was Ben Nasser when he got injured in the, in the first 17 minutes, and then he was replaced by uh, uh, by uh, um, Junior Macias. Um, but... Uh, you know, now that was the first game. I want to move on to the next game, to the second one. Um, you know, Milan coming in. Uh, you know, they were missing Leao from that first game, which is, you know, which is obviously he's the uh, Vinicius for Milan, you know. <laughs> so uh, he, he was he, great. And uh, I mean, he, he did some, like you could see that he he tried he tried to do some work, but at the same time, you could see that Darmian and Barella were really pressuring him as well. Yeah, uh, Dumfries was Dumfries and Barella well, were yeah. really pressuring him, and they were closing it down. But, but what the coach has to do is that uh, you know, you know that they're going to focus on your best player. You have to let your other players do be able work. to yeah. to do do some work, right? Now, even even with with the current squad, right? Let's let just keep it at the current squad. I want to do comparisons, right? Because as we did comparison 
maybe we didn't do that with Madrid and uh, oh, we did actually Madrid and Manchester City and players yeah. and how many players they have, how many replacements, Haaland, Alvarez, and striker and all that. Same thing with 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 Milan. Such as Benzema being the only striker for Madrid, Giroud's the only striker for for right, Milan, right. and Origi is on bench, right? right? Whereas in Inter, comparing the offense, you have three players who are from um, three in three different levels who are actual strikers. Zeko, yeah. 37, the experienced man, the tallest man in the team, who can actually give you headers and has that strength where he can, you know, pull one or two defenders towards him. Mm-hmm. You got the experienced and tough man, uh, 30-year-old uh, Lukaku, who's benched, who comes out the second half and creates issues. And you have that, that, uh, that Argentinian striker who... Shorter guy, twenty-five-year-old Martinez goes around and creates issues. Definitely so you have, have he had a variety. fantastic game yesterday. Huh? Martinez had a fantastic game yesterday. I mean, he, he had a fantastic game. Around, yeah, he, had a, he, he was, was running around players like it was nothing. The dribble, like at some point, I was like, "Wow!" And so, like, it just shows the you know when you when you the thing is you need that bench. Mm-hmm. No matter what any football club tries to do, or like you said earlier, as Perez would be milking the, the team. You need that extra. You need those extra guys on the bench waiting to come back because when you have problems where you're facing players like say Martinez or you know Jeko or you're facing like a player like even Liao or you're playing you know against Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, you, you know the Mahrez, you need fresh legs on the field in the 70th minute, 65th minute to come back and make sure that they can handle those players because not everybody can. Not everybody can hold them down and um, and you need to be able to cancel them out with the players that were on playing on the field and those players who are on the bench. True. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that's what brings on the diversity within the team of you being able to, uh, you know, put in, um, uh, you know, put in and sub in players as you go, yeah. you know, Mukhtarian has th- 34 years old has been great with the team, but he was injured. Who did he put in Mukhtarian spot? He put Brozovic, you know, Who's who's a really good midfielder and defensive midfielder? He's a really good player. Yeah. So you putting you're put, putting uh, Brozovic, right? So uh, you know Br- he got Brozovic and bench. He got uh, Korea and bench. He got Galtarini. Yeah. He got Gosens. Uh, I'm just I'm just thinking of all the subs that he had. Whereas look, he got uh, uh, his other goalkeeper. He got Handanovic, yeah, who was a starter yeah. for all these years, yeah. right? Yeah. For goalkeeping. Where on the other hand, you don't have any for 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 Milan. There is not no one worth mentioning in Milan. Kayer, uh, who started the first game uh, as uh, defense for Milan, he didn't start this game because because uh, uh, Thiao Malik Thiao, the German player, the tw- the, the the young twenty year old player, yeah, um, he had a really good game when he came in as a sub with Kayer. So Pioli in this game decided that he's going to start him. It's only a few players that actually are pretty good in this current squad with Milan and a lot that need to be scrubbed. Like, um, Manian is a very good goalkeeper, but he doesn't have that good of a defense. I mean, Tomori, um, he's actually linked to connecting with a lot of other a lot of other teams. Individually, there are certain good players. Giro, he's pretty good. Uh, Liao, Diaz, yeah. who might go back mm-hmm. to, Ma- to Madrid. So that will be can be one of the solutions for Paris if he doesn't want to spend money. Just bring back Diaz back to have the solution in, in, in midfield and attacking midfield. And even I, I don't think he would do that, but 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Unless if you can, he's gonna sell him to a Milan, and then you got Tonali, um, and then you have at the bench. Uh, sorry, and you have Hernandez here, and then you have at the bench. You have uh, um, uh, uh, Sally Makers is good. Who I was wondering why he didn't start this game, but and another more more important game, uh, thing about Inter out of this game, uh, generally uh, Inter a lot of the t- the teams that they the the, the players that they got were uh in loan or free free transfers yeah yeah you know so they have been smart with dealing with that but on the other hand with milan they spent all their 32 million or 35 million to get one player who's promising Dickett larry and yeah. he has he's not been having a good season um not blaming it on him but blaming it on the management of you getting a guy you know, just like Vinicius, or when they came, the, when he comes came the first year, yeah. you know, he was being being trash talked to. Oh, you missing these chances? We got you for all that money, but now yeah, look at yeah. Vinicius. So you need that time to. You uh, definitely, definitely, to- yeah, yeah. It takes time for uh, players, especially the young guys. You know, once they come on, from especially when they come out of from you know small, much smaller teams, and you know they show up to a team like Milan or Inter or Real Madrid or Barcelona, and next thing you know, they're walking into the San Siro or the Santiago Bernabeu. Or, or you know what I mean, and in front of yeah. them is like 70,000 fans looking down at them, and I'm pretty sure the pressure gets onto them. Um, sure. But that's it for the Champions League. Um, any last thoughts? Uh, well, it's going to be a great final. Uh, yeah. Inter finally back after 13 years of winning that last Champions League, and uh, right. uh, Manchester City back for the second time in three years of trying to win that first ever Champions League title. The question is: Is Guardiola going to do it? Is he going to win the triplet FA? FA Cup, Champions League, and the Premier League? Yeah. We will see. All right. So the Champions League final will be on June 10th, and it will be at Ataturk Stadium in Istanbul. Uh, I think this is the second time that Istanbul hosts the Champions League final in, in like the last couple of years, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yes, they have hosted one, but uh, I, I can't remember if it happened for COVID purposes or not. And by no, the way, no, no. it was it was the Madrid game. Madrid won there. I remember. Mm, okay, I'm trying to remember yeah. which year it was, but I'm not sure if you heard about this. But uh, the um, um, UEFA, UEFA have unofficially approached uh, Portugal, Lisbon, to see if it is possible for them to host the Champions League final because. They are worried about uh, clashes happening because, you know, on the 28th is the second round of the Turkish elections. Right, right. So they are worried of things happening and things going out of hand, which is a bit weird. I mean, I don't know why they are worried. I don't don't think they should be worried. There's there's like a whole bunch of time between that, the 28th and the 10th. Um, Honestly, I hope they don't. Like, if if it goes to Lisbon, Madrid won on Lisbon too. So, (laughs) like... (laughs) <laughs> if it's if, it, if it's either or it's fine but um i hope it stays at istanbul because you know that's that's it they want they did you know they went through a whole process of uh, making sure to win that uh, host position i so, think it's just an exaggerated fear no, no, know, it definitely is it definitely is yeah, it's yeah. just it's just an election that's happening you know it's going to be literally 12 days before the champions league final uh, or ten days, I would say, because I'm not sure if all the results are going to come in within that same day. I, I think I think the results usually come in within the next, uh, like within the, by the end of the mor- by by the morning for them. I think for us it's like nighttime, nighttime which is yeah. still the same day because that's what happened in the last one. 
and yes, I do keep up on politics just as much as football. <laughs> but um, no, it was a, a great, uh, great talk. Um, tomorrow there will be the Europa and uh, I believe the Conference League as well. We'll bring those up on the next episode when we have one game less to talk about uh, for those coming up leagues, especially the Premier League and the uh, Bundesliga. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, so keep an eye out for when that comes out. Um, before we go, any last thoughts, uh, uh, Basha? Um, no, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, just a reminder for everyone just to follow us on all the podcast platforms and uh, comment below and like and subscribe. And that's that for yeah. me. No, all right. So it, it is important that you guys at least like and comment uh, or at least like and share because that pushes up in the algorithm. Um copy that copy and paste the link you know to your family and your friends um and uh, other than that uh, y'all have a good day adios Thank you.